Welcome to another edition of Lens Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest for the week, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush. So anyone who has listened to any of the episodes of the course of 73 episodes knows me, and they know how much I love summer. And now that the calendar has shifted to September, of course, it's not my most favorite time of the year. You're not going to hear me saying, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's not my favorite time. And I, you know, as we sing that, but I can also hear the great Neil Diamond singing, September morn, we danced until the night became a brand new day, two lovers playing scenes from some romantic play, September morning still can make me feel that way. And there's also the sad Green Day song that says, summer has come and passed, the innocence can never last, wake me up when September ends, which for me September going into October is not where I want to go. I want to go backwards. I want to go back and wake up and it's summer again. Can't we have summer for the second time? Now, the new month has led to hurricane season, which, of course, uh, everybody's bad grandma, Ida, did not behave very well. She caused massive casualties. And just recently, have you seen uh, some photos, New York, New Jersey area, of all the pictures of all the water and, and damages that occurred with 8 to 10 inches of rain in a period of a couple of hours. And even Yankee announcer John Sterling had to be saved by fellow broadcaster Ricky Ricardo on his way home uh, in Edgewater. So certainly a lot of stuff going on. I often wonder, did we piss Mother Nature off? It reminds me, I don't know if you remember this, a lot of people won't, but there was an old chiffon margarine commercial from the 70s where Mother Nature thinks it's butter, and the tagline is, if you think it's butter, but it's not, it's chiffon. But Mother Nature says, it's not nice to fool Mother Nature. And then, of course, the lightning happens. I don't, I don't want to piss Mother Nature off because, obviously, that uh, it makes it crazy. And I guess there are some good things that happen in September. But as a kid, I always hated the start of school. Going from shorts to pants is always an issue for me. And then there's allergy season with ragweed. Oktoberfest is nice later this month, and football season and cooler temperatures are good to a degree, although I want to continue to stay in the pool. I guess I should probably move to a warmer climate. But heck, soon, Macy's and other stores having their Christmas display up already, and I just can't take it. I don't want to see that W word uh, coming uh, soon as well. So just let me enjoy my final days of summer and just have a better time and maybe get a couple of more days of swimming in there and you can have your pumpkin spice and all the other stuff that you like for the month and the fall stuff that we all say oh we're gonna have fire pits and all this stuff and then it rains every friday and you can't have your your fire pit anyway with that being said it's time to bring on my guest for the week he is known as eric the travel guy an emmy award-winning host of the pbs travel series beyond your backyard which new season episodes premiere september 5th 2021 check out your local pbs listings and make sure you set your dvr to record beyond your backyard uh, 15 years of helping travel and tourism brands share their story let's welcome eric hastings to lens burning bush eric it's been a long time how are you brother i'm magical i am marvelous and my bush is on fire <laughs> good i'm glad do you did you did you like uh, the whole september thing i just Everybody always rushes to get, oh, let's have the fall. I can't wait. It's going to be cooler. And then, and then they're sitting there freezing their ass off after a while. It, you know, and maybe this is not your issue, although let's face it, Lynn, you and I both know you do have issues. Oh, absolutely. 
this <laughs> probably isn't one, but you know, doesn't it doesn't it say something about who we are as a species? Maybe we're just not happy or comfortable anywhere or anytime. Why are we in such a big hurry to get on to the next thing is the question I would ask as well. Exactly. Don't rush the summer. Don't rush, you know, and, and let's enjoy. If you like fall, let's enjoy it. And don't rush to get to Christmas. And, and then we have, you know, the new year and everybody's got it. You know, it's just there. I've always said it. It's stop and smell the roses once in a while. Right. You know, this morning I flew to Minneapolis, uh, which is where I'm, I'm actually sitting at a, in a hotel room looking at the runway uh, because I'm only here for the day. And I got a quick turnaround. And this morning's flight was so comfortable and so luxurious that I actually, we hit a, a pretty nasty air pocket uh, towards the end of the flight on our descent. And I had my window shade down, which I normally don't. And I was like, wow, what is that? And I put my window shade up and it wasn't an air pocket. It was us touching down. I was so at peace and calm that I actually dozed off for a few minutes. In the spirit of just stopping to smell the roses. Well, that that's wonderful, and I like that story. I, I enjoy flying as well, and you know, to, to get that moment. Uh, I don't like when they throw ten pounds of crap in a five pound bag, but if it's luxurious, I'm good, right? I, I, well, I, yeah. Let's face it: the uh, commercial aviation industry is America's favorite punching bag. So, really, I like how we uh, talk about <laughs> things that grind my gears, Len. I mean, yeah. I don't know why we romanticize airline food these days. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times. I don't know. You can't even get a good meal. It's like, what do you mean? You could never get a good meal on an airplane. It's, airplane food sucks. It does. And and what I don't understand, and, and here's, you know, what makes me crazy. Like, you, you get your ticket and they got to add stuff. But here's the thing. If they served a decent sandwich and yep. they gave it to you, and, and then said, well, it'll be $10 or whatever it is, $12. People would pay it. You know, people will come, Ray, right? People right. will come. You know, I think that they need to serve a better meal because it, it's just kind of nice. Even if you have to pay for it, I, I sometimes get pretty hungry on a plane. And the little bag of almonds now is not going to cut it. <laughs> That's absolutely right. I do love the pay-as-you-go model. And the reason I do love it, and in all seriousness, you know, I love to make fun of the airlines too. But the reality of it is, you know... People every now and again they'll, they'll say this to me. They'll say, "Well, you know, it, you, I just wish the airlines would stop nickel and diming us." You know, I say, "Oh, okay, no problem." Like when? Well, you know, like back in the in the seventies and eighties. You know, I said, "Great, you want to go New York, uh, Los Angeles for eight hundred dollars in coach?" And of course, they're like, uh, "No, no, <laughs> of course I want." Right. Well, then, then you should pay for what you want. You want a better seat? You pay for it. You want to check some luggage? You pay for that. You want food? You pay for it. You want drinks? You pay for it. And you also spend $400 on the ticket. Right. And and I've always argued, uh, the one thing I don't like about the airlines, and maybe you can you can enlighten me on this one, yeah. I don't like the fact that if you, you know, to me, an airline or an airplane, rather, should be like a baseball stadium. Okay? I want okay. to buy a seat in section whatever. That's my cost. Tell me what you got to make, and I'll pay it. Right. I right. don't like the fact that if you order the ticket on January 7th, it's $280, and you order it on you know, December 8th, it's $416.13 and whatever. <laughs> I can't stand that. To me, a baseball stadium, if you want to go the day of the game, it's you know, $200 to sit in this section. It's 
$16 for this ticket. I want a bleacher seat. I can get it. I just think it should be they know how much they need to make, okay? And, and well, they do, but again, and I'm not going to argue with you. I'm your guest for heaven's sake. Oh, you can argue with me. I'm good. <laughs> but you know, you bring up the baseball stadium. It's it's a great analogy because really if you think about it, well, you know how many seats there are. Well, how many games they do in in a season in that baseball stadium? I don't know much about 81. 81. Perfect. For one team, right? Yes. The team you care about. Yes. Okay. What about American Delta United? How many games do you think they're playing? Well, there's th- they're doing a lot. It's 365 days in a year. That's correct. Right? Yeah. Then you have, so those are the big ones, right? Then Southwest and Hawaiian and Alaska. My point is, and then you've got the low-cost carriers, right? The JetBlue, yeah. the Spirits. The well, you got to bring your own bag of lunch, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For 10 minutes, you got to fly the plane. Yeah. But listen, here's the thing. The analogy is correct in the notion that that seat in that section on that game for that season is in fact rotting fruit. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you have to think about. And, and the airplane seat is absolutely no difference. None. None. Yeah. And so it's like people don't think about the notion of like, right, well, when's the best time to book? Look, you got to do a little research. You got to find out where you're going. What airlines are you flying there? You know, I can tell you right now, Philadelphia or Detroit, it's a good one. Minneapolis is a good example. Minneapolis is a huge Delta hub because it was a, a big Northwest hub, right? So you would think that the best deals are on Delta. That's supply and demand. Lots of gates, lots of flights, lots of destinations. And that may be true. But guess who else wants a foothold up here? American. Yeah. So you may find some great deals on American in Minneapolis. Why? Because they want a piece of Delta's uh, uh, pie, so to speak. So if you look at an airline seat as, as rotting fruit, eh, you're not going to worry too much. And by the way, <laughs> The only problem with your analogy is the you want to go to that game and watch those teams. You realize there is absolutely no airline loyalty, and the airlines know it. Why? Because their pricing is placed on a grid in front of you publicly, and they know you will jump from Delta to Southwest to American for a dollar. Yeah. A dollar. I try to stay somewhat loyal because I like the benefits of having, you know, Delta Sky Miles or whatever. Yes, um, that's right. And the Delta Sky Club. All that stuff I do like. But I just, again, I just don't like when you order a ticket on, you know, June 7th, it's $700. But if you order it on, you know, May 4th, it's $516. I just, give me consistency. You know how much it costs. You, you, you know how much, you know, how many seats you have. And, you, you know, you know what you need to charge, right? So. But you do, but you know, and again, it's, it is, it's a great discussion point because one of the things that the airline doesn't really know, though, is how many people are really going to want to be on that flight that day. They try. They've got their forecast. They can tell you what historically, but Americans are finicky people, you know. Maybe they all decided to go to Jamaica as opposed to Miami. Who knows? And next thing you know, they've got an empty plane. Yeah, no, we don't want that. I, I, you know, again, I want everybody to make money. I'm not against okay. that. Okay, <laughs> that's that's the first thing. Like people need to make right. money. I, I totally get that. But uh, so speaking of you know traveling, obviously Labor Day weekend coming and going, and people are wanting to get back out and travel. Seventy five percent of people um, that were queried by you know Survey Monkeys, the vacation year, said that they want to get back out there, which was kind of interesting though. This is what I found. I want to get your take on this. 
25% of Americans are talking about what we call revenge travel, revenge travel. And that's traveling more than you usually do because everybody's been cooped up. So they want to, <laughs> but I never thought it was revenge. What, what, it doesn't make any sense to me. That sounds like a 25 year old copywriter that saw an article about revenge porn and decided yeah. to, <laughs> which revenge porn. I get that. Okay. I can, it's awful, but I can certainly understand the logic revenge travel. Hmm. You know, that's the funny thing about the timeline, right? Like you talked about smelling the roses. And yet the only thing that I'm excited about is allowing time to continue to lapse so that we can get through this ridiculous pandemic and get back to the things that we enjoy doing. Travel being one of them. Exactly. I love travel. I'm actually going to be heading to Vegas in a couple of weeks. Uh, Love to go there. It's a great, great city to go to. But there was an article that I saw, which was kind of interesting. And some, and I, I thought of you when, when I, I saw this article because it talked about, you know, America being beautiful, of course. And, you know, they talked about where the best places are to go and some of the favorite destination spots, right? So this was interesting. And I just took the top five in this, this, um, this article and must-see destinations. But the first one was Minnesota which was kind of interesting, the boundary waters and the canoe and the wilderness and the outdoors. And I just thought that was interesting. And you're happened to be in Minneapolis. So obviously you're, you're taking advantage of that for the day anyway. Yes. <laughs> and then they, uh, they, number two was New Hampshire, uh, the white mountains of New Hampshire. Number three was Florida, uh, Wakalula spring state park and state St. Petersburg. But yeah. what's interesting as you go through this, number four was Iowa, you know, is this heaven? Yeah. No, it's yeah. I, it's Iowa, right? Des Moines. My, yeah, Des Moines. That's right. My hometown. Des Moines. Um, and then uh, Texas was Hill Country, Austin, and the surrounding areas. So those were the top five places. Now, those wouldn't be on my top five. But, again, that's a that's an interesting look at, at where people want to travel. And, um, you know, I think it's great that people want to get back out there and, and, and try to um, live somewhat of a normal life after we, you know, the last 18 to 20 months have been kind of a – craziness right that's one of the reasons that i started doing this show beyond your backyard thank you for the plug earlier i do appreciate that oh you're welcome because travel is incredibly personal and i think the the more information that is available online and the more information that is available to us and now we have all the information so now we now the biggest problem is you know fatiguing out on you know, I want some mountains or I want the beach or I want a national park or I want, you know, there's 63 national parks in the United States. There are like 490 areas that are managed by the National Park Service. Those are the national seashores, uh, national uh, highway, this kind of stuff. But again, these lists are so great because your list is not the same as my list, which and it shouldn't be. But there is an experience for you if you take the time to go and look for it. I do. I, I, I enjoy Now, I travel, I used, well, when we were going to a lot of places, I would travel for work, too. Yeah. And, you know, you go, you spend, you know, one hotel room looks like the other, right? You're, it's like Groundhog Day. You get, wake up and there's the yep. hotel, right? You know, there's Big Ben Parliament. But you just go through each of these hotels and, and you really don't get to, like, people always say, oh, it's so glamorous. You, you travel all these places. Where do you get to go? And here I am at the Doubletree going down for dinner at the hotel bar because I don't want to go anywhere when I get there, right? That's kind of the... But when I travel for personal, like yeah. Vegas to me, I've gone for work many years. You know, you and I worked in the radio business and TV. You'd go to the NAB 
um, in Vegas, right? And I went for like seven years in a row in Vegas. Now, when you go for work, Vegas is a pain in the neck, right? Because you're especially an East Coast guy, right? When you're going for work, you go there and you, you spend from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. on the trade show floor. And then you do these dinners at like 9, 10 o'clock, which is 1 o'clock our time. And you're just like all for all for puts um, with uh, your your whole body. But when you go, when I first went to Vegas for personal um, in like 2018 or something, I had mm-hmm. it was like the best place on earth for me. It's like my Disneyland because yeah. I just enjoyed so much of what was there, the the food and the being able to take it all in and go places and walk. And there's so many great things to see in Vegas. In addition, um, you know, different casinos have different things. I just enjoy it thoroughly. I don't know what your thoughts are on Vegas, but that that for me is is interesting to 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 look at it from a work perspective to personal. Yeah, no, that's very true. And you know, you you're again, Vegas is an adult Disneyland is is perfect because of course we all know that Walt Disney really enjoyed taking his daughters to the carousel, and while he was doing that, he was looking around, going, "I wish." There was one place dedicated to just this, and that's why he decided to build Disneyland. And what he, his one of his biggest problems with Disneyland was that the tree line wasn't tall enough, so you, so the outside world was still encroaching on what people could see when they were in Disneyland. It's one of the reasons he built that he began plans to build in Florida, where he could truly control what you could see on a 360 degree view. Uh, and that's part of that immersive experience that is, you could say it's manufactured, but it is. It's 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 like going to a state fair, for heaven's sakes, you know, like, so Vegas is that way, which is terrific. Whether it's Fremont Street or the Strip, you know, there's, there's you're not going anywhere else in Vegas other than those two places. And yet Vegas is like, but wait, you could go hang out at the Liberace Museum, the Mob Museum different you know some really eclectic crazy things there that only exist there which is kind of cool Liberace being one of them yeah Liberace and Elvis and you know all the stuff that Vegas was great about and speaking of Elvis I got a story for you if you know if you want to go back to 1972 and you want to be Elvis you have the opportunity now Eric because apparently the jumpsuit that he wore at Madison Square Garden in 1972 is available and you could start your bidding at 350 thousand dollars uh the cape is going for fifty thousand as of uh thursday morning live bidding begins today so um they're going to have that at cruise gws auctions so if you want that jumpsuit the famous jumpsuit with the as as eddie murphy used to call the fat whatever walking elvis right (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) but yeah there was the Elvis reference, so I, I just had to go there. But uh, I don't know. You're gonna wear. You're gonna. You're gonna spend that kind of money for a jumpsuit. Well, funny, because remember the reason I dozed off on the plane this morning is because I actually checked some bank accounts and realized I actually have an extra three hundred and seventy thousand dollars laying around, and this is going to be the perfect place to get to, to unload it. Absolutely. You know, just write the check now, Eric. You can. You can. <laughs> You know, put it, you know, and then I want to see you put it on your show, you wearing that, and then maybe you can, you know, show everybody how you can be Elvis. Thank you very much. Well, then I'll tell you this. The reason that this show, one of the reasons this show exists is because of my trip down to uh, Memphis. I was working with um, the state of 
Mississippi. And so I had flown into uh, Memphis. And then we were going to start in uh, Tunica. And we did the entire state. And I had never been to Graceland. So I went there. I went to Sun Studios because, as you mentioned, you know, we're radio and you know, TV guys. And that was really cool. Went to Beale Street. And then I went to work. And then one of the places that we were doing short form video in was Tupelo. So Tupelo, Mississippi, the birthplace of, of the king. And we went to his birthplace. We shot there. But we also went to the hardware store where he bought his first guitar Ooh. and when he was like eight and his mom bought it. And, and the, the display case is the same from that very year that that took place. And, and that really left an impression on me, like going to Graceland really left like there were there were people like uncontrollably sobbing on like a Tuesday afternoon, two o'clock. And I'm like, really? And, you know, the PR person was with me. She was like, yeah, every day, every day. Still, I, you know, I'm nothing against this. I, people, I just don't understand. You, you know, we know of Elvis, right? We, we saw the persona, yeah. but it's not anything. I mean, I was sad when Elvis died. I mean, obviously, sure. we, we don't like when people pass away. But, I mean, the people that they send flowers and they get, you never knew the person. Like, I mean, I just, you, they don't do that kind of stuff for somebody that they know yet. Yeah. You know. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fellow rant coming. Yeah. Out. Oh, yeah. This is another one for another day. But <laughs> no, I just don't get it. I, I raise my hand sometimes. I just don't get it. You know, the crying and whatever. I, I get your family member, but Elvis was, you know, Elvis, right? But, you know, these, and, and that's the thing about, we talk a lot about, because people ask me all the time, where should I go, Eric? You know, like this is a, this is a great question. I get asked a lot. And, I, and I'm always, I've learned to just say something because that's what people want me to do, right? Like I've learned yeah. to just, because I can't, I don't, they usually don't have the time and don't want to hear the real answer, which is, I have no idea where you should go. <laughs> because I'm an almost 50-year-old uh, white guy who lives in uh, the great state of New Jersey with two children and divorced. Like, my perspective on things is different than <laughs> the next person standing next to me, perhaps. And so I'm like, you know, that's where we go back to that. Travel is very personal. And I always ask them things like, what are you looking for? Like, in the two times you, you personally, Lana, talked about Las Vegas twice in the last 10 minutes, you met, the first thing you mentioned was food. Yeah. Now, I think that's fascinating. Why? Vegas was never a food town. No. Vegas was a desert town. Vegas was a gambling town. Vegas was a place to launder money town. Like, Vegas had nothing to do with food. I mean, it did, but it didn't. But now it does. And now it has world-class food. So much so that you know that's going to be a part of your experience because it's what's personal to you for whatever reason. But I find that stuff fascinating. Yeah, I mean, you go to Sinatra's and you, there's so many places to go and Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen yeah. and all those places. It, it's like you can get any kind of food at any time. And I always thought New York was like that, and it still is, but... Vegas has a different way to um, go about it because I was just in New York uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago and and you know did the experience right we my son and I we 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 went Italian we did the pizza we did the we tried to do everything but it was funny did cannolis but we forgot the bagels which we usually get bagels but we forgot the bagels so how can you get I, the bagels? I know I know I'm I'm gonna be out of the the tribe soon if I forget <laughs> the the bagels but. Yeah. <laughs> But let's talk. We've got some time here. I want to get to your show. So you, okay. you mentioned it a little bit. 
okay. and it's actually premiering uh, soon in, in a couple of days. Let, right. Let's kind of talk about the show. You, you mentioned how it started, but um, where can we consume it? And, you know, where, where are you going to be able? Because nowadays it's all consuming, right? How do we get it? And uh, it's great that you got a show. Like, you know, this day and age, that's tremendous. I'm, I'm impressed. Oh, well, shoot. Well, I live to be impressed. You know, I <laughs> do my best, Len. I know the, the show is called Beyond Your Backyard. The show came about in 2017-ish. PBS came along and said, we really liked, we really liked the short form little videos you're doing. So we were making three minute destination overview videos. Um, and we had been doing that since 2007. So technically my last radio job ended in, I, I quit my last radio job in 2007 to do travel full time. But the show, it's this 30 minute show that we do didn't come along for 10 years. So I spent 10 years traveling all over the world and I, what I found in doing that is that not only did I really love travel to begin with, but I also really enjoy the business of travel. I'm a total aviation nerd. I kid you not. Like if you could see the FaceTime picture I'm looking at, I'm looking at it. I'm looking literally at a runway and it's, it's one of the happiest places I could possibly be uh, if I'm not with my children. Like, so, but I love the hotels and I love cruising and I, I just love all that. So, and what I discovered with the show is that when PBS said, well, what kind of show do you want to do? And I said, well, you know, there's places all over the world. There's like these bucket list places. But a lot of the experiences are similar in places that are closer to home. And so I said, we'll call it like out your kitchen window or, you know, just beyond the horizon. Or And we settled on beyond your backyard um, to really help people go. You may not understand that Muskogee, Oklahoma has something for you. Maybe it does or maybe it doesn't. But let's let me show you and, and I'll give you a chance to to see for yourself. Well, you're the diners, dive ins, drive, whatever your guy Vietti uh, for the travel <laughs> business. I love it. <laughs> it's about right. I mean, yeah. I, so every episode is destination specific. So we do one place per episode. Um, you'll find history, culture in there. You'll find hands on. You know, we always try to have me do something. I learn something. I throw pottery, jump off a bridge. I don't whatever. Put, <laughs> don't, no, that's, don't do that. Something with, well, unattached. All right. Some, something. But so, it's just an excuse to put me in a funny safety hat. Um, and then culinary. Um, so you'll find that in every episode. So we're in our fourth season. Like you said, our fourth season of episodes kicks off uh, now. And then in PBS is crazy because we have like four or five different premieres in a couple of days. You'll be able to see some of the episodes on pbs.org, but eventually you'll see it all on uh, my YouTube channel as well. Eric, the travel guy. Now it's interesting that they canceled Sesame street on PBS. They moved it to HBO, but you have a show on PBS. Well, listen, this is fantastic. I, I had to make room. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know something has to go. We got to get the travel guy on and, and, <laughs> and, and, and this is how we do it. Right. We just, we say big bird, you're going to HBO. Um, and then, <laughs> I think I think we should do a Sesame Street. Uh, you know, we went to, and we didn't mean to. This wasn't because we were just in love with PBS. I love working with PBS. I didn't I didn't know much about PBS until I started working with them, and I really have enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Even like I really, you know, they leave us alone. They 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 really are specific about editorial, which I love. Meaning, you know, they really want good quality content. 
and I, you know, and that's I love make. That's what I love to make. So I'm like, this is this is a match made in heaven for me. I think we should do a Sesame Street episode. I think it'd be kind of fun. It would be. Gee, Bert, um, how about a couple of cookies, okay, Bert? Hey, Bert. <laughs> yeah. I love I love Sesame Street growing up, and that's what I watched. Uh, and then now it's on. I, I just found it interesting to put it on HBO, but it it, it apparently is staying around to do that's it weird. Uh, yeah. uh, on HBO. So again, I, I'm going to post um, on the Lens Burning Bush. Facebook page. I'll post the link to your website so people can um, look at it. I did it uh, for the when I promoted the episode, and I'll I'll try to do that as well uh, in the link in the description of the actual episode that will air, and we'll get that uh, out there because I I think it's a great idea for a show. And I'm sorry I'm late to the party, but I'm now into it. Right? So no, it's okay because again, this pandemic. It's such a crazy thing. You know, look, I think we all need to be okay with the fact that you need to wear a face mask on an airplane right now. Yeah. That's, and and unfortunately, you know, the instances of people arguing on aircraft is on the rise. I know you saw that research, which is just hmm. so incredibly troubling to me, to those uh, flight crews that have had to think about their own health and their family health and then whether or not they have jobs. And then they have to get on planes with drunk passengers who don't want to wear their masks and it's a little ridiculous so yeah if you want to enjoy travel you can you just have to get a vaccination and you have to be okay with wearing a face mask for the time being right and you know i i kind of equated so let's say you get invited to somebody's house right and they they just redid their carpet and they don't want you to bring put shoes on they want you to take your shoes off when you get into the house now you can you can say no but they're going to kick you out of the house right yeah it's yeah, kind of the same kind of, thing. Not to be whatever, but what kind of a douche do you have to be to say no? You're a guest in someone's house. That's the other thing. Don't get me started on this because I, I'm fine. Look, nobody really understands how in the world this machine flies 600 miles an hour, 30,000 feet above the surface of the earth. Unless you're some sort of scientist or engineer or you do it, the normal people like you and I, we don't really know. So sometimes people get a little scared. So they get to the airport early like they're supposed to mm-hmm. and then accidentally have five or six Jack Daniels at the airport. And then they get on the airplane and have two more. And they act like morons up there. Yeah. And and I think it's so funny that people think that they have a right to fly. Well, they certainly have a right to explore. But these airlines, I'm sorry, these are publicly traded companies. And I love people to say, oh, the airlines are such greedy bastards. They're just, it's all about the bottom line. The bottom line for whom? Oh, the shareholders? Uh, that's you and I. Yeah. They're a profit for you. Hello? I, I just, I can't. Yeah, you have to play by the rules if you want to have a phenomenal. I was, the, the, the shuttle over here, I kid you not, these people, uh, I felt so bad for them because they were going to Antigua. This is a cla- this is a classic, 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 classic. They booked a flight to Antigua from Minneapolis. I don't know why they were going, and it seemed like nice people, normal nice people. And they booked a flight, and they said, "Well, what are you doing here?" And I told them, "I said, what are you doing here?" They said, "Well, this is eight thirty this morning." And they said, "Well, we can't get on our flight to Antigua." I said, "Why not?" I said, "Because our PCR." tests are delayed and we can't get on the airplane without the test even though we're fully vaccinated we can't i was like oh that sucks i go so what you're gonna just take a later flight and they go "Mm, there isn't another flight 
I said, oh, so they put you on another one tomorrow? There isn't one tomorrow. There's only one flight a week to Antigua for Minneapolis nonstop, apparently. Oh. Uh, and Delta, I, I think Delta was the, the airline they booked on was kind enough to give them a, a future credit. And they had to book new seats because they booked the one they booked one flight. Wow. And that's tough. They probably got a great deal. But if you miss it for whatever reason, that's a problem. The old saying, you get what you pay for, Eric. You get what you pay for. You think you got a deal? You, you know, it's, it's kind of the interesting thing. Everybody always wants a deal. I want a deal. Don't get me wrong. We all yep. want to think we got a deal. But sometimes when you pay for something, you get a better experience. When you actually look at the whole experience and look at the value of what it brings. Like I spent a fortune to go to New York to bring my son to watch baseball, like to Yankee Stadium. And, yeah, and you're paying $65 for food and, you know, you're paying whatever. But at the end of the day, though, when you look at the whole experience, that's like a Visa commercial, right? Or a MasterCard, right? Everything else, there's MasterCard, right? That's right. the that's the uh, thing. You can't that experience. There, you put a price tag, start putting price tags on it. You're not going to experience it the same way, right? Well, that's what I tell them. I, I tell people this all the time. They start talking about the the ins and outs of the budgeting, which I think is really smart to do. I love it when people know what things cost, and they you know when they start to do their homework a little bit, but then when they come down on the side of I don't know. It just seems a little, you know, we're in the last row on the last plane on the first flight. They're in the worst room and the so into the inside cabin with no window. And like sooner or later, I'm like, you know, maybe you should just delay this trip by like three months, save a little more and get a better seat. Yeah. Get a room, you know, make if, if that's important to you, because the last thing I want you to do is show up and be house poor like we all did. You know, when we bought our homes and, you know, we dumped all our money into that. And now we can't afford to furnish it. We call it house poor. Same idea. You could be vacation poor because you didn't save long enough. And and now it gets in the way. And I'm, I'm telling you that the airline's a perfect example. You have to fly. You can't walk to Dallas. So you're going to have to get on an airplane if you're going there. And if you are in the last seat in the last row on the one flight that day and something goes wrong because of the weather, it's going to ruin your trip, or at least it's going to put you in a bad mood. I can tell you that. Well, this we could go on and on on this, Eric, and I'll have, I'll have you back because we, we've you know already uh, over thirty four minutes, and, and we just keep going, right? I think it's it's fantastic. So hopefully you'll come back on again. And we can talk more, but give us uh, your uh, Facebook page uh, and all that info that how we can find you. It's so easy. It's just Eric the Travel Guy. And that's E-R-I-K, right? Just, E-R-I-K, that's yeah. right. The website, the YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, Flip Flop, TikTok, Trick Trick, whatever the new one is. Beep, beep, snap beep, face, beep. yeah. <laughs> I, oh, whatever. Yeah. We'll do it as long as I can keep up with it. Well, and it's the same thing with my show here. You can like Lens Burning Bush on Facebook, at Lens Burning Bush. You can follow along on Twitter, at Lens Burning Bush. I've got a YouTube channel where you could type in Len Harvey and hashtag Lens Burning Bush. So these episodes, the audio uh, appear on the YouTube channel as well. So please like, subscribe, and do that. I, getting people, it's like leading the uh, through the you know the horse to water. You can't get them there, but we're trying. So um, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio, tune in. You can even ask Alexa to play Lens Burning Bush as well. But uh, Eric Eric Hastings. It's been great to catch up. It's been too long. Uh, yes, let's uh, let's do this again. We'll uh, we'll have you on again, and uh, I really appreciate you uh, you doing this. Thanks to the tra Eric, the travel guy, right? Eric, the travel guy, 
Pretty good. Eric Hastings, thank you so much. We'll be back again with another episode. I'm Len Harvey. We'll be back with another episode next week on Len's Burning Bush. So long.